Back to the Culture Call on Praise 93.3 with L. Spencer Smith. Our desire is to reach and empower the community by discussing a cross-section of relevant topics from various perspectives that are essential to its growth and interpersonal connections. Be sure to save our call-in number 205-752-4800. Be sure to install the free Praise 93.3 app so you can send L. Spencer Smith a message or topic idea. Search for WTSK in your app store. You know what time it is. That's right. It's another time for the culture call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3 FM. It is indeed the place where Tuscaloosa meets the world. And of course, as we do always for the next two hours from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we're going to be here talking a little bit about everything. That's right, from sports to society, education to economics, from religion to relationships. And of course, as we do always, we hope to provide a safe space to have empowering, provocative, and yes, sometimes controversial conversations. And guess what? You are here and you can call in or chat it up with us. If you've downloaded our app, guess what? And you can learn with us right here on the Culture Call. I want to welcome all of you who are our first time listeners to the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's a talk show. And I am glad to be here talking <laughs> with you about everything. So, hey, I want you to know that you're in a safe space. Welcome to the Culture Call community. It's going to be great. We are here to empower the black community all around Tuscaloosa and all around the country, and dare I say, even all around the world. So we are welcome, welcome, welcome. Of course, to all of our recurring listeners, thank you so much for hanging off with us. Yeah, after you hear the dynamic brother Jay pass the baton to me, I, yeah, you stay right here with me for the next two hours, and you make the culture call exactly what it is. So I thank you for always listening. Listen, I want to encourage you, if you're not done it already, especially to those who are listening to us, for the very first time to go uh, to your app store on your smart device, whether that's your Apple phone, your iPhone, your Android, whatever, your Google phone, Samsung, not matter. Go to that uh, your app store and download the free 99. Let me say that again. The free 99 app, Praise 93.3. Download it to your phone and guess what? It will give you the ability to hear us from all around the world, definitely here in these United States. No matter uh, if if you're in Detroit, Michigan, you can hear me. If you're in Dallas, Texas, you can hear. Yeah, Houston, even you can hear. Whether you're New Orleans, Louisiana, Jackson, Mississippi, and definitely right here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and the surrounding areas, you can hear us. Uh, whatever we are talking about, right here on the culture call definitely listen here's what i need you to do do me a favor uh i want to be your pr specialist i want you to uh send me your public service announcements and your events right here to culturecall.praise at gmail.com that's culturecall.praise at gmail.com and i want to be able uh to tell everybody what's happening in your church your organization uh your fraternity your sorority maybe you're an artist and uh our group that you're having a concert an anniversary or maybe you're entrepreneur that you're having a seminar or a mentorship program i want to let everybody know what's happening with you you know how you feel so good uh when you put out a program and you actually see a bunch <laughs> a bunch that's the word i want to use uh, a lot of people uh come in to support 
Well, you can only do that when you market. I mean, if you got a good base, hey, who the more the merrier. We want to let everybody know what's going on in your neck of the woods. You know why? Because like one of my favorite elders says, Pop Watts, he says, we do it better when we do it together. So, yeah, send that to culturecall.praise at gmail.com. Or guess what? You can go ahead to our social media page on uh, Facebook. And like the culture call, and then you can send me the flyer or the announcement as a message. That's what you can do, and uh, we'll read it on the air and let everybody know what's happening with you. That's absolutely right. Listen, go ahead and take down this number, 205-752-4800. That is the call-in number, 205-752-4800. It's the number that you can call into the station and get on the radio. That's right, and chat it up with me, or you can definitely hit me up on the chat section uh, on the app, and I'll read it during the break, uh, and I'll ask you a question. Listen, if I'm doing a good job, if I'm doing a bad job, doesn't matter. I want to hear from you. So listen, do me a favor. Sit back and relax. Grab you some coffee. It's the start of the day. Grab you some coffee. Yeah, whether it's Maxwell House or Starbucks, y'all know what I like. Get you some herbal tea, maybe. Uh, some chamomile if you're trying to come down. Or if you're trying to uh, spur up, get you a little caffeine kick. Get you some green tea. Or go ahead and get that alkaline water. Detox that body. Hydrate yourself. Get down to that cellular level. Get hydrated. And come on, let's get into the culture. Listen. Um, I'm going to deal with for the next couple of days a very special uh, topic um, that's dear to me. And I deal with it a whole lot uh, with not just with my members, but with people that I meet. And that is how to handle grief during the holidays, how to handle grief during the holidays. I don't know about you, uh, but I, I'm now currently a part of a, a, a particularly um uh, interesting group, and that group is those who have lost both of their parents. And, uh, you know, uh, especially, you know, during walking through that season, that time just of, you know, the homegoing services and the funerals and, and dealing with mourning and all that kind of stuff, it's hard. But, you know, that thing can hit you in a totally different way uh, it, during the holidays. And as we approach the holidays, you know, uh, in November and December, Thanksgiving and Christmas, even even moving into the new year, that becomes especially difficult uh, for those who are yet in the grieving process, that those who are who have particularly still dealing with, you know, and there is no time limit, right? And so uh, when you say, well, they, somebody should be over it by now, there should be no, everyone handles grief and mourning in their own way. That is a, that is such an individualized journey. You know, I, I, you know, sometimes I wish it was a cookie cutter thing that we all say, you know, uh, like Bible, Hey, you got 30 days to mourn this person and then move on. That's good to say, you know, from that particular perspective. But in reality, as human beings, you know, I doubt that everybody was, had healed from Moses in 30 days. They were just compelled as the group to move forward into promise. But on a very personalized level, the proximity creates a certain level of tension and certain level of, of, of dealing uh, when you're dealing with ideas of death, grief, and mourning. And one of the things that I found out, you know, especially in what I do pastoring, is that a lot of people fall in into a place of sadness uh, and depression, you know, during this time of year, during the time where it should be 
uh, festive. It should be merry. It should be joyous and happy. Yet, uh, in the backdrop, in the background of their lives, they're still wrestling with the fact that the person that they love, the person that, you know, uh, that their, their parents, their child, or, uh, their, their, you know, whatever has, had, or whomever, whom, whom they have really close affections to are no longer there. And that's very difficult. That's difficult sitting across from all of the ham and macaroni and collard greens and all that stuff. And you're looking across the table and you're seeing people who you're seeing chairs where people used to be. And those people were endearing or you're not getting that phone call or they don't come over anymore. Um, that's really difficult. That's a really, if I can say it like that, hard road to hold for a lot of people. And, you know, one of the things that uh, that needs to be had is developing some level of sympathy and empathy for those people. Uh, those of us who go through that, you know, the first holiday without my parents, totally. Um, the first holiday without my dad was rough. It was really rough because he, he passed away during the holiday season, December 4th. Um, he passed away then in 2015. And then as my mom, when my mom passed away, it was approaching another holiday season, Easter, you know, going into the summer Mother's Day and all that kinds of things. And so, you know, uh, you kind of associate, you kind of associate uh, holidays with certain special people and special moments. And, you know, I think it is quite insensitive for people to say, well, it's been a year, you know, uh, aren't you ready to move on? But that's easy to say when you can call your mom, when you can call your dad. That's easy to say when you can, you know, you can still holler upstairs and, and talk to your child when they're still there. You know what I'm saying? That That's very, you know, you can say all kinds of things. You know, some, sometimes, you know, I, I'm, I'm writing a book and I'm going to talk a little bit about it in the second half. I'm almost finished, almost done, called Child Left Behind. And because all of us in that space, we feel, you know, you can feel orphaned. Even if uh, only one of your parents or someone has has left, you know, or both of them have left, of course, there's a semblance of orphanhood there. But there was a missingness when you've lost a child, lost an auntie who was very special to you, lost a grandparent. You know, those things require particular nuances, especially around, especially around the holiday season. And as we're coming, still coming out of the throes of this pandemic, it's very important to realize that the way that people pass away and the the closure that, you know, may not have been gotten because of the way they had to be funeralized or, you know, you never got to say goodbye, you know, uh, all those kinds of things haunt a lot of people. And we have to be particularly sensitive um, to those people and walk with them with the care and with the, the, the kind of heart that says, you know, kind of compassion that says, hey, I'm on this journey with you. I'm not judging you. Um, I'm not judging your tears. I'm not judging your attitude today. I'm not judging the fact that perhaps you may want to be by yourself, that you may not be as, you know, uh, jovial and happy around the family this year. You might want, you know, I understand that. Right. And and, you know, it, I think, you know, especially in our community, we have some people that think that they're designated to be the life of the party and that they got to get everybody, get them off the couch and come on, come on, come on. When you really don't understand that that person is at a place where they're trying to process 
a whole lot of stuff. They're trying to make X plus Y equals Z, and they don't even know the numbers, you know, in the algebraic equation. They don't even know what to plug in to even get the, the, the happiness, the joy, right? All they have, all they know they have is the memory and the missingness. That's it. Yeah. And it being Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving turkey, ham, all the other fineries doesn't change that. You know, Christmas trees, lights, and uh, uh, presents under the tree, you know, that doesn't change that. Because in the mind of the person who is lost, all they can remember and all they can think about is the person who is no longer present. And I think that is something very important for our community to take uh, take note of. Because we find tremendous solace, care, joy, happiness when we are around family. I mean, at least most of us do. I know some some of you like, I ain't got to be around them folks for the rest of my life. I get it. I understand. That's some people's reality. That's not mine. I I love the holidays. I love it. I love Thanksgiving. I love cooking. I love, you know, my children. You know, I love my wife. You know, uh, uh, being together. And part of that was when I invited my parents over, you know, uh, who they didn't live but 20 minutes from me. And I would cook for them and they would bring over. My dad would cook an amazing deer. Uh, and, you know, my mom would bake something or she would cook something. And we would all get to my house and we would have all those times in my, you know, one of the, the bright spots in my holiday is to watch my dad talk to my kids, my sons. And, you know, uh, I just watch him sit there, go to sleep, take a nap, you know. You miss those things when they are not there, right? And that we know they're not going to stay long. So, you know, my dad had like a three-hour maximum. I'm going to eat. I'm going to talk. I'm going to snap a little bit. Then I'm going to say, then he's going to look at mom and say, come on, kitten. That's what he called her. Come on, let's go back home. And she's going, okay, all right. Well, you know, and then my mom wouldn't be ready to leave because she loves being around family. Um, but nonetheless, they would do that. And then when my, my, my dad passed, um, it was a joy to do that for my mom. We would talk about the menu and talk about what she's going to cook. And she would call me and say, okay, tell me what I need to bring this year. Tell me what I need to do or tell me what I did. You know, or sometimes, you know, when she could uh, walk upstairs, <laughs> you know, uh, she would stay with us sometimes. And that was great because we could all wake up on Christmas morning and we started getting matching pajamas together. And, you know, it was just that time. And that first Christmas that we couldn't do that, that first Christmas for me was really, really, really rough, you know. And, you know, that was a, that was a very unique time uh, for, for me. And, and, and for all of my brothers, you know, just that missingness that you, she would be, you know, you would call on Thanksgiving or you would call on Christmas or she would call you and just, you know, sing a little song on your birthday or sing a little song during, you know, sing a little Christmas carol. And to know, and to know that that was not happening is a lot to process, right? And, Fortunately, I have an amazing family. My wife is amazing. My my children are amazing, you know, and the people who are have proximity to me, you know, they are amazing. It wasn't that, you know, oh, you sh you know, it's, it's time to move on. It's time to do such, such and so forth. And I've seen people who had to go through and deal with relatives and family members like that. Well, she been gone a, a year now. She been gone a couple of years now. You should move on. Well, Really? Who are you to determine how somebody moves, right? Who are you to determine the psychology um, uh, of how they process this this holiday and this missingness, right? 
who's to say that, you know, that you're the one that can designate where this, this, you know, that they ought to elevate themselves beyond this tremendous grief that they still feeling. And, and what I under, come to understand is that it doesn't end. It's not something that you just shake off. And, you know, it's not something that you just get over. Do you smile again? Absolutely. Do you enjoy the, the, those times? Absolutely. But there is, it's, it, there is something. I wrote something in my book. It's like when, when you get to the holidays, the truth be told is you kind of feel it around October and you're kind of dreading it. <laughs> you know, after Halloween, you get to November 1st and you start dreading. You start, your mind starts talking to you. You start seeing things. You start not not hallucinating, but you start seeing uh, images in your mind and reflecting. And, you know, all of that converges at one time. And if you don't know that that is natural, if you see, because I think sometimes we feel like it's unnatural because we've been kind of taught to fight it. Yeah. We've been taught to, uh, you know, move on. We've been taught to you know, ignore it, ignore it. Instead of acknowledging the full weight of, you know, yes, I'm still grieving. And there is no biblical text of that that you can apply. You know, not to say that you can't say a word or that the word does not necessarily address that. I I, I just think as it relates to human kindness and and just human polity, that it's almost best to allow that person their process. It's that it's the best to do that. Right. That I know all of the texts. I know all the scriptures. I know all of that. I know, you know, all of the I know the songs and all of that, you know. Yeah. So nothing is remiss upon me when it comes to that. But what I will say is that some people you just they don't understand the nuances of of being able to move past the point. And when I say move past the point, I mean, allowing yourself to continue moving as you're grieving that you're not stuck. And that's kind of what we want to talk about uh, in, on this topic, that, yes, grieving during the holidays are very, is, it, it's, it's, first of all, it's normal, right? Number two, there is no time limit. Get away from people and tell them to be quiet. At, you know, if they're talking about, you, but you should be over it by now. My mama, my daddy, my child, my husband, my wife, I should be over by now when you can go home and snuggle up or not snuggle up because you don't have nobody or you can, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to deal with that, that, that mentality. You don't have to deal with that event or that experience replaying in your mind over and over. And you don't have to deal with that sense of missingness. And so, yeah, I mean, I think there has to be a level of sensitivity that we gain when we're dealing with people who are experienced or are trying to navigate grief um, during these times, you know, because here's the deal, y'all, that that Thanksgiving and Christmas, like no other holiday, is a family-oriented holiday. It is where we are used to getting together and experiencing the joys, the laughter, the the recipes of especially in a black family that that's kind of part of our what what makes us who we are we enjoy opening up our doors we talk about what we're going to cook we, we we jank on the folks that really can't cook and we tell them bring paper plates and ice <laughs> right you know we we that's that's a part food and that kind of collective coming together that community is a part of what gives us 
our spice of life. It gives us our particular formation of character. It helps us appreciate family. It helps us appreciate relationships. It helps us appreciate that, you know, we are connected, right? And the strength of that connection we are reminded of when we can look around the table and see people annually who have, you know, we see them get old, we see them get older, we see them grow up, get married, we see their children and all of that. And so, yeah, that was, that, that's a, a profound community. That is a profound uh, uh, understanding of who we are. It touches us deep in the core of our souls, right? Uh, you know, that's why we have normally during those times we have soul food and it's not so much about the food, but it is what that moment engenders. It, it, it's about, you know, hey, I belong to some folks, you know, looking at people that look like me and talk like me and think like me and and, may, and not maybe not in everything. People who I can glean wisdom from and give wisdom to, you know. Uh, who appreciates my growth, who can say, hey, I remember you when, man, and now you're growing up. Look at you, got hair on your face. Look at you, you got your own kids and all of that. And um, yeah, that's just that's just kind of essential to family in particular, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, that's just kind of what family does. And when, when there is a, how my grandparents used to say, when the chain is broken, when there is a link that is taken out of the chain, you know, uh, depending on the proximity of that, you know, that all of us will feel it in a certain way. You know, all of us will recognize that there is, yes, a profound missingness upon us and, and, and among us. And one of the things that we used to do is kind of call out their names, you know, um, you know, you know, just just say, hey, I wish such and so forth was. There. I wish Granddaddy was here. I wish Grandmama was here. It, it's it's that kind of thing that you you bring that memory remembrance into that space. Hopefully, that to provide some level of healing and salve, uh, some balm, if you can, if I can say that, some something that can be, you know. Uh, psychologically and soulishly medicinal to help that person and the family get through it, right? Uh, it's that fact that you don't have to ignore the, the, the missingness. I think that's one of the things that uh, people who are, who have a hard time dealing with grief during the holidays uh, that, that hurts them so bad is that I don't want to go into a place of, of people and try to joy myself out of memory. I don't want to have to celebrate myself out of what I'm feeling. Or here's the worst thing. I don't want to run into someone that is not sensitive to the fact that I'm going through this in my life. I think that's a very painful place. And so nine times out of 10, the people who are experiencing grief uh, during the holidays, they don't come to the family situation. They stay home. They stay home and, you know, they, they, they deal with that situation because what they don't want to do is run into an individual that makes them feel like they are wrong for feeling the way that they're feeling. They don't want to run into that auntie or that aunt or that, some per, that somebody that says, you know, they wouldn't want you to feel that way. I already know this. Yeah, I, I, I already you know, uh, I, I already know what that's about. Yeah, but right now, let me feel. And I think that's something important. 
that we begin to allow people the space space to feel. Yeah. That, that, that we allow them the space to deal with that journey. The holidays are hard because of the orientation of holidays. Yeah. You know, I remember that year that my granddaddy died and that Christmas was really rough on us. You know, that Christmas after he died because he died early in the year, you know. And, and it was around, and, and, you know, he would always say, he would always bring us together. We had to go around the circle and tell what we were thankful for, which was hard because he would always do that. And then, you know, he would always pray and, you know, say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He will make us all, you know what I'm saying? It was just all those memories. And that was really rough for him, us not being able to do that with him on that first Christmas or that first Thanksgiving, you know? And that was, you know, for, uh, my Uncle Nat, you know, when he passed away and and our first Thanksgiving at my aunt's house, because we will always do Thanksgiving at her house, uh, that was rough because, you know, he had wife, he had sons, uh, he had grandchildren. And that's just kind of rough trying to trying to bridge the joy, yet justify the loss. And I mean, you don't necessarily have to justify the loss because a loss is what a loss is. That person is no longer there. I get it. I get it in that full context. But the reality is, is that the journey to to making sense of it all is not a day where you just wake up and say, oh, okay, well, I'm over it. I mean, facts be told, I will never be over the fact that both of my parents are gone. I would never, not not in my mind, in my heart. I mean, I know the reality, but in the sense of missing them, in the sense of still wanting them to be here, even at the age that I am, and they were, they lived to be a, a, a good old, a good age. You know what I'm saying? Um, with all of the conditions that they were going through, they lived and lived a good life. But still, there was something inside of me that wanted them more, wanted them longer, and that's natural. You know, and you feel that you feel the resonance of that during the holidays that you almost feel guilty. And I know I'm not by myself. There was a certain level of guilt that you feel when you're smiling, but they're not there. When you're laughing and you're joking and then you remember and it seems like that memory snatches from you that moment and you feel guilty. There's nothing to feel guilty for, by the way. Let me just say that. There's nothing to feel guilty about. It's just something that you feel like, I shouldn't have this kind of joy. I shouldn't have this kind of feeling. And mama's not there. I should not have this kind of smile on my face and be laughing and janking and doing all this. And when I look at the seat where she would have been sitting, she's not there. And all of a sudden, it pulls you, it just something pulls you down. It pulls you back in place. It pulls you back, you know, you know, and again, I get it. I, I it, It's something that you just got to live with and live through, you know, and it doesn't do it always. It doesn't do it all the time because we, we become functional again. After the funeral, you become functional. You still have fun after that is over. After the homeschooling service, there there is still, you know, hilarity that you can experience. I get all of that. But in a real sense, in a real sense, that there's a missingness there. And you're trying to learn how to navigate that. 
Here is the worst thing that you can you 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 do is try not to remember. No, memories have a way of healing you. Memories have have a way of bringing the joy and bringing the smile back on your face. It's okay to remember. It's okay to to experience the joy of their presence even in their absence. Let me say it again that it's okay to experience the joy of their presence even in their absence because they never really leave. Absolutely. Listen, we're going to have a great day talking about how to handle grief during the holidays right here on The Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith on Praise 93.3. Got so much more to come. Get you some coffee or some tea, some water, and be right here. Don't miss it. And we are back dealing with an amazing subject, an awesome, important subject today. And that is, how do you handle grief during the holidays? Handling grief during the holidays can be such an intricate and interesting journey um, that it needs to be done with care. Handle with care. And uh, yeah, and I, I speak from experience. Yeah, this isn't just the recipe or the ingredients. This is the cake uh, because I, I, I'm living currently that reality now and have probably always, you know, when you lose family member the family members that are intricate or you know uh to your life and to the family uh context you know something is never the same you know and it doesn't have to be parents it can be a child it can be your grandparents it can be your aunties your uncle it can be a spouse you know that grief takes on a certain element that it it does something to life and when grief comes, you really never experience it. You know, you never experience life the same way again. You just, you just don't. And I think that that is important. I think that is important that we understand that when grief happens, it's nothing wrong. Let me say it again, because I think in our society, in our culture, and sometimes even in our community, if you're not careful, that we can make grieving seem wrong. And it is not. Get away from those people who lack the empathy and the understanding that grief grief is not, you know, it's not a punishment. And first of all, grief is not against them. It's not a punishment on them. And I think that's kind of what that's all about. It's not so much that they don't want you, they want you to be happy. It's that they don't want to be sad looking at you go through your process of grief. They don't want you to be a bummer on uh, on the family getting together, getting together. And, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. I understand it, you know, from a, from a very human context. Because again, I think sometimes we forget the fact that we are human. That I think that's what pain and the ache in our bones and all these other things that happen to us, you know, uh, occasionally remind us of that, yes, we are human. And grief is one of those things that remind us that we are human. And and if I, I, I view grief like this, grief is one of those mixtures that remind us that we are both human and divine. That I believe that there is a, not just a human context to it, but I believe that there is a divine context to it. There is a God type of context to it to let us know that there is more deep, first of all, within us, um, that there is more after us, and that there is a cosmic dif- distance between our future selves and our present selves and our future 
and we don't know what that looks like. And I think that's part of that pain. I think that's part of that that aggravation that I know they're there, but I can't see them. That it's that invisible veil that is between us. That you know it, that you can hear them talking, but you're not losing your mind, and that they're there. And you know, some people will call you crazy. Some people are like, oh, they're just making up in your mind. And and I'm like, okay, you know. If you can, if you can say that, if you you can say that if you want to, but you know, and you can think that, and you, if you want to, but the reality is, is that we are divine energy. We are given by God. We are breath and spirit. And when we leave out of this body, where does it go? It goes somewhere. Now, the aggravation about grief is that we don't know what that somewhere is. We label it heaven. You know, we label it, label it over yonder. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we label it, but the reality is is that there is no quantifiable definition for the invisible. But what you do understand is that the invisible is just as real as the visible. And so, you know, when you've got when you got people who don't understand the context of you trying to grapple with that, the pain and the agony and the frustration that shows itself up in grief. That, you know, it can be very difficult. The journey through the holidays can be difficult if you got that uncle or that auntie that's just trying to force you out of that place and move you out of that place. They mean well. Let me say that again. They mean well. So y'all calm down. Don't be mad and, and punch them in the face. <laughs> that is highly unnecessary. Okay? Yeah. They mean well. They just don't, you know, they don't know how to appropriately put it in the context of of I'm still dealing with a human. I'm still dealing with a person. I'm still dealing with an individual. And, you know, that's real. That's going through real pain and real frustration and trying to figure it all out, right? Um when when I was when when I was reading the article from Psychology Today about this whole, you know, how how to deal with grief grieving through the holidays, um one of the things I love that the art that the article says is that, you know, they had a couple of points up there and they said trust that grief is a part of healing rewind play let me say it again they said trust that grief is a part of healing right see some people like when time heals all wounds that's why they think that you've had enough time to grieve but time doesn't do it right time doesn't do it it's what you do within the realm of that time that really, really matters, that brings you to the healing point. Time heals all wounds. That sounds great, but it's been two years and I'm still missing them. It's been five years and there's still a hole at the family table. I'm, there's still a hole in my heart. It's been 20 years and there's still people who are still trying to adjust. So it's not about time. It's not about time. It's about how we take the steps within the framework of time to really handle and get a, an understanding of the place in life in which we are, you know? And grief doesn't take off for the holidays. Now, for those of you listening to me, you need to write that down because that was good. Grief does not take off for the holidays. Grief does not go on vacation because it's Thanksgiving. Grief does not, you know, say, well, I'm going to leave you alone because it's it's, 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 it's thanks, uh, holiday, uh, Christmas time or, you know, it, they don't, it doesn't, it doesn't take away. I'm going to take off because it's Mother's Day, Father's Day. No, 
Grief's like, yo, I'm here. <laughs> That's how grief works. Grief's like, yo, I, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's why I say it's got to be some kind of divine thing because grief is with you always, <laughs> you know? There's, there's, there's never a time that grief doesn't touch you, doesn't say, hey, yeah, I'm still here. I know you thought I was gone, but I'm still here, right? And see, a lot of us don't know how to experience uh, grief and pain and hurt without, you know, without trying to escape from it. See, because, you know, we, we're taught to kind of escape from grief, escape from mourning, escape, escape from pain, escape from frustration, instead of simply experiencing it and, and sitting with it to learn how to navigate through certain moments of life, right? And so we wanted to shut off during these time of years. Let me have, let me have my joy back grief. Let me have my smile back grief. I, let, you know, I'm, you're still waiting for the joy that comes in the morning. Because your weeping has been enduring for, for the night it's been lasting. But what if it doesn't work that way? What, what let's think, think about it. What if grief doesn't work that way? What if grief, what if grief says, I'm going to be here forever and I'm, I need you to learn how to live through me. I need you to experience me while you live. I need you to experience me while you learn to smile again. I need you to live with this peace of missing this in you while you're having a good time, right? And I, 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 that's what I need you to do. I don't need you to, to act like and try to escape me and act like, you know, that person is not gone or that you didn't attend a funeral because that's when those feelings bombard you and rush you, right? See, so you got to learn how, you got to learn how to experience it, how to live with it, how to live through it how to take it each place with you and how to appropriately put it in the realm of your life. Because guess what? Grief, and I learned this from my mom, grief is always going to be a part of your life. There are going to be that, that, that as long as you have a memory, you're going to always replay certain things. You're going to replay the last moments you're going to replay the, the services. You're going to replay the laughter. All of that is a part of the context of your life now, right? And you cannot explain how that feels to people who have never been there. You know, we live in a society where people become experts and they just say, they just say stuff. They just, I'm like, where y'all getting, where do you get this stuff from? Where y'all, where, what school did you go to? You know, because you, you know, uh, I put something on my social media yesterday and I said, is there anything such as foolishness anymore? Because we're accepting of everything. Right. And see, my thing is, you, you, I can accept you as a person, but I don't have to accept the foolishness that you're talking about. What are you talking about? What is that? What? What? And sometimes you, that, that those kind of people make you feel guilty from from what you're feeling. No. No, 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 no. There's a point in time that I had to stop going to my parents' house because I would go almost every day after my mom passed and, and just literally do nothing. It wasn't that I was going, I wasn't checking on the house. I just went there to walk through the rooms, walk through the closet, sit in her chair, look in the refrigerator like I normally would do if she was, you know, still walking in the kitchen, walking around. 
I would look through. I mean, it, it, all of that. I read her books, read her uh, uh, over and over and over and over again. I would do that every day as a as as a part of my process until I heard. For me, I heard the spirit say, "Hey, take a, take take some time, take some time off from here." And so I didn't go. I didn't I didn't go at all. I I just I just let it sit for a minute because I was trying to navigate that experience. I was trying to, you know, I had inundated myself hoping that, and here's the reality, that in those first few months, you hope that what you experienced is a dream. It was all a dream. And and, and then you come to realize that it is as real as the hand on your arm, as the nose on your face. It is just as real as your inhale and your exhale. And guess what you got to learn how to do? You got to learn how to experience it because you're going to be living with it for the long term, for the rest of your life, right? There is no reason, there is no need to pretend that something does not exist. Thanksgiving still exists. Christmas still exists. Mother's Day still exists. Uh, Father's Day still exists. Birthday still exists. All of that, it still exists. And uh, that, that that that's something that you've got to acquiesce to. That's something that you've got to say, it still exists. And I've got to learn how to deal with empty seats. I've got to learn, I've still got to learn how to deal with, you know, even now, you know, I've got a new single out. I've got a new record getting ready to come out. And, you know, one of the great things was to, you know, hear my mom and my dad call me the next day when they heard the record or let them hear it before it came out and tell me what they thought about it and their congratulations. And, you know, my my dad would be like, boy, you something else, boy, you bad, you bad. Not knowing that I got it from you, boy, sir. <laughs> you know, and my mom like, oh, you, boy, you singing that song, not knowing, ma'am, I got that from you, right? And to hear that, to see them proud and to see that and to know that I'm going to put out a record. This record that I'm putting out in the new year will be the first record that I've ever put out without my parents. So there's a level of congratulations. There's a level of comfort. There's a level of, you know, of their voice that's missing that would give me the courage to continue that I'm, that I won't have this time. And I can't stop, you know, I can't stop putting out music or I can't stop doing this because just as much as, you know, every Monday morning, my dad would call me. He would sit up in church, sit in the back. He would listen to my message. And every Monday morning, he would call me and tell me, hey, man, I listen, I learned something today. And when we talk about my message and all that kind of stuff, and, and you know, but when I couldn't do that anymore, I didn't stop preaching or stop pastoring when I couldn't. I had to learn how to look at the pew where he would be and recognize that I'm not going to hear that anymore. That's not, I'm, that, that's just a, what, what he said to me has to last in my memory, in my memory. And it was always positive, right? Or it was a challenge. It's like, okay, you got to live that. You don't put it out there. Now you got to live that. You got to hold us up to that standard. You got to hold, you know, and, and even though he's not there in the physical, I still hear that. All of my mom's wisdom, all of the things that she would say to help me navigate, I have to live with that. I can't stop doing what I'm doing, but I cannot ignore the pain of their missingness. Right. I cannot ignore, you know, Christmas was my dad's favorite holiday. I can't ignore that he's not there, but neither can I ignore Christmas. Right. (laughs) That would be a great disservice to myself and most importantly, him. Right. 
I can't do that. And so when you talk about trusting that grief is a part of healing, that as you continue to live, as you continue to confront, as you continue to go forward, as you continue to let the tears stream down your face, as you sit and scoop some macaroni and some collard greens or, you know, some black eyed peas or whatever that is, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm missing my dad's deer. <laughs> you know, my mom made these muffins and all this kind of stuff. And she would cook, you know, uh, my dad was the cook. You know, my mom could burn too, but my dad was the cook cook. And to not have that is a sense of missingness. It's a sense of missingness, right? And, 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 you know, I think I had, you know, some folks to try to make me some deer, you know, <laughs> for the holidays. And it was just be funny. My family, my kids were like, yeah, but this ain't granddaddy's. This ain't Papa's. No, this ain't his. This ain't, it don't taste the same. It don't look the same, X, Y, Z. I remember the first year my mom tried to make it. She's like, don't even worry about it, son, because I already know what you're going to say. I was like, what? She said, go and taste it. I tasted that. I was like, yeah, I miss daddy too. <laughs> it was just, it was not the same. It was just not the same. But guess what? That's a part of it. That's a part of the process of healing. That's a part of the process of making sure that you know, hey, you're gonna you're gonna live after this. You, you're gonna yeah. That's the part of understanding that although although I may not have them, I I have them. Can, can I can I can I can I can I say it like that? Although I don't have them, I have them. I still have that part. I still have that those elements that I can look at within myself. And, you know, I, I know, uh, you know, a young lady, she's, she was grieving so hard. And I was like, hey, 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 stop. Number one, it's not that, you know, I'm telling you to stop grieving. What I'm telling you is that the way that you're experiencing this is unhealthy to you. And that would, that would grieve, the, that would grieve your grandmama. That would grieve her. That would, don't do that. No, don't go. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel. It's okay to have that tantrum sometimes. That it's okay to say, I'm, I hate it here. I hate it here. It's okay to have that moments. You don't have to run away from those. But what is not okay is for you to stop living because they have. That is unacceptable. You got to trust that the grief that you're feeling has to be experienced. Why? Because it is a part, a real part of the healing process. It's, it's a part of it. And as you experience it, and as you learn how to navigate it, as you learn how to somewhat even embrace it, it will heal you in ways that you probably never knew. And it will help you get through these holidays and some of your roughest times in your life. You'd be surprised. Listen, this is the Culture Call with Elspeth Smith right here on Praise 93.3. I need you to keep it right here. Much more to come. Don't miss it. We are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, Hell Spencer Smith. Listen, it's the top of the hour, 11 a.m. That's right. And we are having a wonderful day right here on Praise 93.3 FM. That's right. And we want to welcome those of you who may be joining us in our second hour. That's right. Whether you're new or whether you're a recurring listener, thank you so much for being a part of the Culture Call. Absolutely. Listen, I want to remind you to go ahead and get those announcements into me. Uh, email me at culturecall.praise.gmail.com or hit me up on our Facebook page, The Culture Call. And you can send me your flyer or your message, your event there. 
And definitely, definitely, we will read it on the air. That's right. I know there's a lot of holiday stuff going on, so you can go ahead and send it to me. <laughs> Absolutely. De- definitely, definitely. Listen, also, I need y'all to guess what? Get my new single. They've been playing it on the radio called Great Things. That's right. It's entitled Great Things uh, from the upcoming album next year uh, of called, entitled Now or Never. And I am super glad to be doing this record. We've completed it and it's already ready to go. Uh, but go ahead and gra- grab great things. Download it on your phone. Get it from iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, you know, uh, Amazon Music, wherever you get your your streaming from. Go ahead and do that. Or you can t- definitely tune in to Praise 93.3 and they will play it there as well. Request it. Definitely. Great things is the anthem for the season. It's the declaration. Yeah. Because I believe that our words are signatures for the reality that we want to see. That if you line your words up right, you'll begin to see the words that you speak. So great things. Great things are in store for me. That's right. That's what you need to start saying. Great things are in store for me. And create a world of great things. Absolutely. That's right. You shall have what you say. Not what I say, but what you say. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you so much. Go ahead and get great things. It will definitely, definitely be a blessing to you. Listen, we have been talking about how to handle grief through the holidays. Yeah. And we know that that can be a sticky subject. That can be something that um, that causes some people some pause. And I get it um, because navigating the holidays without the loved ones that you you normally would have around you can be really sticky can be really that thing that kind of, yeah, I, I, I totally, totally understand. And we have a responsibility, I think, though, as a community to to begin to redefine and reframe some things. You know, um, I, I am a belief that, you know, uh, bad definitions lead to wrong destinations. And when you don't do what you need to do uh, uh, in terms of appropriately based upon, the reality of a situation, you end up in some bad spaces. And there are people that are walking around depressed because they're so busy trying to escape grief. And can I tell you this? That grief will imprison you if you're trying to escape. I know that that's kind of, you know, that's putting a whole lot of personification, a whole lot of caricature on grief. But grief is kind of can be a warden, can make can make your life a prison if you're trying to run away with it. Because grief will grief will sneak up on you. You know, it'll be like that mosquito you don't see, but when it bites you, you got to scratch. You'll be smacking yourself all over the place. And you be, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's that kind of thing. And so grief is indeed something that we need to learn how to handle a little bit better in our community, especially, you know, um, during the holidays. And that's that begins on, uh, you know, getting an understanding that grief, although although we don't like it, it is a natural part of living, right? That grief is going to occur because life for 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 us, for everyone, has time signature, has a, has a deadline. And so we don't know when somebody's going to leave. And, and when they leave this side of reality, leave this side of time, it does create a tremendous sting. It does create a pain. It does, it does catch us off guard, you know. And, you know, it's it's amazing because people can live to be 100 plus years and there's going to be somebody that says, gone too soon. I'm like, okay, well, well, how long did you want them to live? You know, because the reality is, you know, I think my my parents at least 
uh, prepared prepared us, you know, for their their transition. And even though you know you know it's coming, but you're never ready, kind of thing. It's that journey of never being ready and having grief to fill that spot on the plane on that on your bus of life that you have to deal with, right? And so we've got to learn that yes, uh, that to trust that grief is a part of the healing process. But what we cannot do is you know how are we going to make it through. You cannot use alcohol and drugs and get, you know, drunk and inebriated, disconnect. Because after that's all over, if you still live, you still got to deal with that grief. That's just temporarily avoiding, you know, what is the reality of your life. It's going to prolong the anguish. Right. You know, that, and, 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 you know, grief during the holidays has an upside to it. Why? Because is yes, I'm walking through it. I'm I am facing it. I am embracing it. I'm I'm you know I drove over here. I'm sitting at the table. I'm eating. It. But but you can't shut yourself off from the world. That there is something, someone you know. One of the things that's that's beautiful about that beautiful about death. Hear me when I say this. One of the things that's beautiful about death is it causes us to pay attention to life, especially new life, right? There is nothing to help, like helping you during the holidays when somebody has died and you're grieving, but then you got a new family member, a new, that just, uh, a family member that just had a new baby. And to embrace that baby, to embrace the warm subtleness of their skin and have them grab your hand and look in your face and all of that, 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 that kind of, you know, it helps. <laughs> it does because it says, you know what, that in reality, this grief is just a part of, the circle of life and you know uh, that that that's something that those little things that god gives us if we would but, but pay attention to them to help us move through those very very painful moments you know what else you also have to set boundaries i think you have to set boundaries you know um you you, you don't have to you know force yourself uh, to to have to to be at every holiday celebration. Sometimes you might need to say, okay, let me not go to this one because I don't want to deal with my auntie talking about. I I, I don't want to deal with my uncle. No I, no, I get it. So I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna set boundaries. I'm gonna get myself together, and you know, I, I, I'm gonna do something different. And then that's okay. That you might go to a tree lighting ceremony, or you might experience, you know, uh, Thanksgiving with another family, a friend, a, a friend or somebody, you might go over there and experience it with them, you know, to, to break the routine, you know, and I know your family and your annual, yeah, but you might choose to go later, you know what I'm saying? Set those boundaries and don't put yourself in a box to have to be there at 10 o'clock and have to be around these people. No, 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 no. Sometimes that what helps with grief and moving through those holiday moments is changing up the schedule. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Changing it all up. You know, bringing a friend with you. Bring yeah, bringing a friend with you to the to the family engagement, the family holiday, you know, uh dinner, all get together. That that would help as well. You know, that that you have to make sure set those healthy boundaries and say, "Hey, I'm going to do something different and I'm going to I'm going to experience this, but I'm going to choose how I experience it in a healthy way." Right. I'm not going to ignore that mom is gone. Dad is gone. Auntie is gone. I'm not going to ignore that my child is gone. 
But what I will do is I may create something different. I may create a different family tradition. I may create something that I do on that holiday. I might have a candle ceremony at my house with myself or my siblings. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so you can definitely set those boundaries. You don't have to continue to do the same thing over and over and over again. No, you can set new boundaries and discover new ways to both grieve and celebrate. You can definitely do that, right? Here's another one. You also have to focus on what you can control because you cannot control everything. You cannot. You can't control everything about the holidays. You can't control that Andy that you know going to talk out. And and you know that you can't control that uncle or, you know, those folks that's not going. You, you already know that. You know, you, you can't you can't control the, the, the you sitting in the doctor's office and they play, you know, your your husband's, you know, your deceased husband's uh, favorite carol. You can't control that. You walk through the mall and you see the store that your 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 your, your wife used to be in or used to go to that used to and she's no longer there. You can't control those things. You can't tell them shut down, <laughs> right? You can't tell them move to another space. So you have to learn how to embrace and, 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 and deal with what you can control. Now, if you can't handle it, then, okay, what you're not going to do is go in the middle of the mall or be in the middle of the restaurant while the cow is going on, screaming out, hollering, falling on the floor. Now, now you can control that. You can control that, yeah. You, that, that you, can, you can feel that sting. You can feel that sadness. You can even have that tear going down your eye. But you can control the reactions to it, right? So, yeah, but you can't stop them from playing the music. You can't stop them from, you know, they're not going to close on their store. They're not going to do this and they're not going to do that. That No, that's not, that's not realistic, yeah, right? So you can't prevent some things from happening. So you have to focus on what you can control, you know? Start singing the song with it, with it on the, you know, if it's silent night, start singing that song together in the restaurant, in the, in the mall. And, and again, there is nothing wrong with remembering. And I think sometimes y'all culture calls, sometimes we try to forget and it makes things worse. You don't have to forget them. I want to say it again. You do not have to forget them. No. I think remembering a lot of times lessens the heartache. It helps you remember. You know what I'm saying? See, again, first of all, here's the deal. I had to ask myself, who am I trying to protect myself, my grief from? Who am I, who, who am I trying to protect, you know, from, better yet, my grieving self? Such that I won't give myself an opportunity to grieve because I'm trying to protect who? Who am I? Who? Who? You know, you can call your mama. You can call your spouse. You can call your child. You can do all that. So why am I trying to protect myself from what you're going to see? Oh, listen, because we do stuff like that. We, we, you know, and we end up hurting ourselves. We end up hurting, you know, we, we end up with this whole idea of, well, I ain't going to let them see me cry. I'm not going to let me. I'm, really? What are they going to do? If they had good sense, they would come and embrace you, right? If, if they had good sense, right? And so I think that's very important. That's very important, right?
allow yourself here's another one allow yourself to feel the range of emotions yeah allow allow yourself there go there may be times that you're happy there may be times that you're sad you know because the holidays will bring a range of emotions and you you're just trying to be stuck on happy it doesn't work that way you know you're gonna feel some joy yeah during the holidays yeah jingle bells you know wish you a merry christmas you know Oh, give thanks to the Lord. You're going to feel joy. Then you might, it might turn around and you start feeling guilty. Guilty that that person's not there. Guilty that they're in the cemetery and you're sitting at this table. Guilty. And then sadness comes in, you know. But all of that is out of your control. But you'll still feel it because that's a part of it. And you can, and, and, and here's the funny thing, y'all. That can happen all in the midst of a few minutes. Like from boom, you boom, you could be happy. Next thing you could be guilty. Next thing you could be sad. And then the next moment you're laughing again. And it's all natural. Let me say it again. And it is all natural. There's nothing wrong with you. Not one single solitary thing. Definitely nothing wrong with you. You know? Allow yourself to feel those emotions without judging yourself or thinking you should be crying or you should be happy or you shouldn't be this, you know, and then you start, you start persecuting your own self. No, no, don't do that. Do not. No, experience it. Experience all the emotions. Embrace all of them. Right? You do have a right to laugh, but you do have a right to cry. You do have a right to be joyous, and then you do have a right to be upset. You have that right, and you can do that all in one expanse. You can do that all in one, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with you. You don't need no medication. You don't need no intercessor. You know, you don't need nobody praying for you. Because I think sometimes we apply spiritual remedy, spiritual remedy to things that it doesn't even work for. I think we can do that. You're going to pray that I stop crying? Why? Why would you do that? You're going to pray that I don't feel the pain of missing someone? Why would you pray for that? Why? That's a bad, that, that, that's a terribly articulated prayer. I don't need that. I don't need that. It's a part of living. It's a part of life. It is a part of what is etched inside of me. Right? If you want to pray something, pray that as I experience this, that I experience it in a healthy way. Now, you can pray that. That makes sense. That as they go through this season of hurt and strife, you know, definitely, definitely. And you you, you you can pray through that. You can pray for that. But, oh, I'm going to be praying that you don't, and, and no more hurt. What? No, don't save your prayers, you know. Save your prayers. Let me say it again. Save your prayers because that's not needed it's not it is not needed definitely not so def yeah, I, I need you to do that I, I i need you to understand that that you 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 can feel all of those ranges of emotions without taking ownership that any one of them is bad any one of them is is deleterious any any one of them is destructive to you no and get away around from people that make you feel bad in their religious sense. The Lord wouldn't want you to cry. What? 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 
what? What? What? What? <laughs> what? What are you talking? <laughs> what are you talking about? The Lord wouldn't want me to cry. Really? Really? Come on, y'all. And see, sometimes we 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 make God out to be a a an entity, a being that has no connection to emotional pain. No, that and that is absolutely not, definitely not Christ. We have a high, have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So he feels how we feel. He says, when your heart is overwhelmed, come up to the rock. Lead, lead me to the rock that's hot and not, because that's where you are. That, that's where he is. He, he's going to wipe and dry tears. He's going to bottle them up. So don't get it, get away from people who making you, who making you feel like, oh, you crying, you know, and they, it's like a tinge of fear, a tinge of angst, a tinge of anger. Get rid of that. Get rid of that person. Send them to me. I'll school them. Don't say, don't say that to people. That is hurtful and is definitely harmful to make people feel like that if they experience these range of emotions, that somehow, somehow they are, you know, um, anti-God, they're not saved, or whatever that is, they're evil, or or they're deficient, that's the word, they're deficient in some way, because they are not. Sometimes it is that peer, that those tears that, that are the pathway that makes you stronger, makes you better. Not only that, plan ahead, plan ahead. Now, what does that mean, right? Um, you You know, you know that the holidays are coming, and, you know, there's no reason to dread it. There's no reason. Embrace the fact that it's on its way. And you might feel some type of way. And what you will be surprised is, is when you start thinking about it, you might get to that date and be like, yo, I'm not feeling how I thought I would feel. I'm feeling much better than I thought it was going to happen. <laughs> right. You know? And that's why we're walking these steps out with you. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, go and, and, and maybe create a new tradition. Maybe, you know, uh, you and your, your, your spouse and your children can, and, you know, like I say, buy a wreath or go get a candle, a memory candle, and say, we're going to light this in honor. It's kind of like what they do at weddings. They light memory candles for their the deceased uh, parents. Yeah, or relatives. Yeah, that were important in their lives. You can do that. And, you know, and, and remember them. Plan ahead. Yeah. Make it a big thing. Make it a big thing. You can release balloons. And, I mean, there's all kinds of creative ways that you can, you know, you can grieve healthily. Yeah. You can, you know, you can, you can do it in a way that even is in a celebratory state. That you don't have to be like, oh my God, here it comes. Oh, Lord, I want to, oh, I'm going to miss my mom. Oh, Lord, I'm gonna, if, yeah, I get it. But, you know, you can definitely create and plan ahead and say, hey, we're going to do this. Instead of sitting in my house in the dark all day, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get a, a reef and I'm going to plant, I'm going to get a tree and I'm going to plant it on their behalf. And every year we're going to come around this Thanksgiving tree or this Christmas tree that we planted for uh, my parents and X, Y, Z or my spouse, you know. And and that you will be surprised how much of a how how much of a healing uh, mechanism that would be. You'd be much much more surprised, right? Plan ahead, definitely. 
find a way find a way to get around those people or get from around those people that that you know going to come as as the grief police or the grief the grief brigade brigade you know cuz they're all y'all y'all culture call there are always people in the family and i don't know what this is about us and maybe not just be us but i just know about us cuz i'm a part of us there are always people that try to outgrieve you I mean, you just lost the person closest to you, and they're gonna tell you how much they're grieving about for that person, or they're gonna tell you about their situation of grieving. Um, excuse me, yeah, I really didn't ask you to come over here. I did not, you know. There's always that designated person, and you're sitting there with the side eye, and you try not to cuss them out, and <laughs> you try not to use profanity. Yeah, but for those people, you need to figure out an escape place, escape plan. Figure out. Let me see how I'm gonna get away from this person. Yeah, because yeah, I, you're not you're not gonna make me mad. You're not. We're not gonna do this. Yeah. Drive yourself to the holiday function so when it's time when you're ready to leave, you can go. You ain't gotta sit there waiting on nobody, right? Because you may get overwhelmed, and you may have to ride out. You may. That's that's why you have your own car. That's why. Right. See, because. When you when when you plan uh, planned ahead and you know you're driven by yourself, then you can leave. You can tell everybody, okay, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah, no, I had a good time. I had a good time. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go and, and take some time for myself. You know, that's nothing wrong. There's nothing legal with that. And you don't have to take it. You take it step by step. You know, here's another one. You've got to find the way to honor the memories that you have. And that's what I was just talking about. You might want to get a plant. You might want to plant a tree. You might want to get a candle. You know, you know, you you, you have to find a way to do that. You know, you might want to cook their favorite food. You know, because it that's a tangible reminder that they are still with you. That is a reminder that even though they've died, they're still present with you when you do something, you know. That if your mom always cooked collard greens on that day, it, go and get you some collard greens and cook it. And cook it the way she would. That's memory. And while you're cooking it, you remember while you're cutting up the greens, while you're cleaning them and all those different kinds of things, it's memories. And you're putting it, it'll pull a smile on your face and then sometimes it might bring a tear out your eye. And all of that is natural. It's your way of honoring that individual. And there is nothing wrong with that. Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, I I never knew that when I was, when my dad would cook and I'd be in the kitchen kind of watching him do spices or I tasted whatever he cooked and, you know, just kind of do my tongue because I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to pick up the spices, you know, and I did, I was do, I would do that never knowing the day that he would not be here. But now because I picked out the spices or, you know, I would simply ask him, okay, you know, Old chocolate folks, they don't want to give you the recipe. They ain't going to always tell you everything. I, I just put a little some of this and put a little some of that in there. Well, what's some of that? Is it garlic? Is it paprika? What is that? Vanilla? What? How much sugar? You know, I just put a little something and it comes out amazing. You, you're just sitting there trying to taste, you know, you're trying to taste your way into a memory. And that is all natural. Right? Definitely, definitely create new traditions, especially if you have children, 
especially if you have children who, you know, uh, and, and they've lost their grandparents, you lost your parents, go ahead and create some new traditions. That's what I told you about those candles, plant a tree, you know, do something different, you know, do, let's say, hey, let's go on a, on a vacation during these couple of days. We'll spend, you know, our family gets together Christmas and Thanksgiving. We'll spend Christmas with them, but on Thanksgiving, let's go out of town. Let's, let, let's go someplace different. And, and, and create that, allow that to be a new family tradition. You see, there are many ways, many ways that you can embrace this without falling apart. Your life is not falling apart when you grieve. It's not, I promise you. It is not falling apart when you grieve. You just got to learn how to do it the right way, you know? And then, of course, you can do something kind for others. Yeah. You know, when I grew up, uh, I lived in a neighborhood that we were so close-knit and, you know, all of our families, they would grow things or they would cook things and they would do certain things and they would give it to other people. They would call other people, come on, get some of these tomatoes. Come on, get some of this squash. People in the neighborhood, people who they knew was close, come on, get some of these collard greens. Come and get some of this okra, right? And, and, and it was that way of sharing. It was that way of them being kind to other people, you know? That, 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 you know, they would have gifts and things of that nature. They would invite people over. Yeah, that's really good. Giving is really good when you're grieving. Because giving reminds you that love is still there. Giving reminds you that life is still there. Giving reminds you that there is something bigger than just what you're going through to be connected to. You feel what I'm saying? I think it's very important. I think that is very key and critical that, that you develop a giving spirit. Definitely. Especially as you're grieving. That's right. Find someone to be kind to. Volunteer. Volunteer in the soup kitchen. Volunteer, you know, helping somebody through the holidays. That will help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then ultimately, ultimately, don't be afraid to ask for help that sometimes it can be so overwhelming that you do need to talk to somebody a friend a therapist you know find others find a support group or support you know some people who are walking through the same season that at least you all can talk and be on the same wavelength that they can tell you how they made it through those rough times and that rough season that they can share ways and you can share with them you can share with them because it's nothing like walking through a journey together with people who have experienced what you're, you've experienced. I find that to be so true that, that when you're talking to someone that has, you know, lost the way that you've lost on the level that you've lost, I know you both feel about, you know, two ind those individuals differently because, of course, you know, you, you've experienced them differently. But when you talk to them about it and they can tell you, hey, that, yeah, because I experienced X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z, you know, I had a dream about them. Yeah, me too. X, Y, Z. You would be surprised at how healing and how helpful that can be as you attempt to navigate through the holiday season. Definitely. Don't leave yourself, you know, out there by yourself thinking that I'm the only one. No, you're not. There are many people that are going through just like 
you. And you got to remember that. You have got to remember that, that they're going through just like you and need some tender love and care, the same kind that you need. Listen, we've got more tips to make it through the holidays if you're grieving, and I need you to keep it right here. This is the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. Keep it right here. Don't miss it. back to have our conversation that's right we're talking about how to handle grief through the holidays yeah and it's been a powerful conversation a much needed conversation i don't know about you but it's helped me already right as we navigate these holiday seasons without our loved ones being there we've been giving you some tips and uh just to let you know that listen first of all that grieving is natural and I know that grieving through the holidays takes a particular, you know, an, another kind of form and, and format. I get it. Um, walking through that myself. But I think we are here together, you know, to join in to see how we can help each other make it through those very difficult moments. And one of the things that I need you in this last moment to really understand the importance of taking care of yourself taking care of yourself because you know what if we be honest with us ourselves and with others grief is draining it can be physically draining emotionally draining spiritually draining because it pulls it pulls from us in a place um in a region of our lives that you know um perhaps had never been exercised before, had never been experienced before, that you didn't even know it was there. But grief has a way of sitting down on you and and exacting a toll. Um, and, and so it's very important to, to understand that, number one, it's natural, but you have to put a focus on taking care of your total self while you're trying to navigate during these holiday seasons, you know, that I think the people, the persons or or the person, if I can say that, who we don't treat the best a lot of times in situations like this is ourselves. See, crying about it and crying over the situation and the hole in your heart, that's not necessarily taking care of yourself, that there is a particular uh, level of prescribed care that goes along with learning how to grieve, first of all, grieve healthily, and then grieving through the holidays, how to be, you know, one that does not deny yourself the reality of your emotions and your feelings, but also does not exacerbate the fact that, mm, I've got to live after this. I've got to live after this. And so you've got to make a pact, if I can say it like this, a pact with yourself to say, you know, I've got to really, really, take care of myself all of this crying and not eating and sitting in the dark and or eating the wrong things or you know all this drinking or smoking and it's not good for me it is not good for me and i need i need to figure out a better way of taking care of myself you know, um, I, I did a show on grieving before, and one of the things that always helps, especially around the holidays, is journaling. You know, getting out of the house, sitting in the park. And, man, we live in a city that has some beautiful parks, 
you know, on the river, you can start and just write and journal. Talk about the holidays. Talk about what it used to be. Talk about what you're you're expecting and you you know, talk about write about, not just talk about, but write about how this holiday is different now. Yeah. Sometimes the best thing that you can do in taking care of yourself is allow the tears to fall. Is allow that moment to to embrace you and you embrace the moment. Yeah. Because of what grief does and how it interacts, you've got to get rest as well. You got to eat well, you know, eat a healthy diet. I mean, you're not going to eat all the ham and the turkey and the, you know, <laughs> you know, fried chicken. You're not going to eat that every day. You know, you you you, you store up and you, you stock up, you know. I know if I'm going to be doing all of this and I'm going to eat like that, then on the days before I'm going to, you know, I'm going to treat my body right, you know. Because ultimately, I got to take care of myself. Go to a spa. Go to get a massage. Go get your hair done. Yeah, slow it down for a minute. See, because that's all a part of taking care of yourself. Slow it down. You know, treat yourself. Go get you some yogurt or some ice cream. Get you uh, some cookies, a couple of cookies, and just and just eat them. You know, just, just savor the moment. Don't worry about a diet right now and... And no, 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 because it's about taking care of yourself. See, because guess what? You are on the journey by yourself. You you have something personally that you're experiencing. It doesn't mean that you don't have siblings or someone else experiencing grief and mourning. No, but as an individual, it shows up differently in everybody. Right? So you definitely have to take care of yourself. You do. You know, see, and in that taking care of yourself, you, 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 you're being realistic. Yet you, you, you're kind of coming to a place of acceptance. It's a part of the grieving process. Acceptance does not mean that you're going to stop hurting or it's not, it's, you know, you're not going to grieve anymore. No, acceptance means that there, here are some things that I understand in my comprehension. Here's some things that, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I, I've understood this. This is how it's going to be. This is my new reality now. And I have to embrace that. You know, that, that, that you don't have to be perfect. The holidays don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be just like years ago. But be realistic that, yes, that person is gone. That person's uh, presence is missing. Right? That person, that person's, Laughter is, is you know, absent from the joyous moment and accept it and, and say that's okay, you know. And as families change and grow, you know, traditions and, and rituals, they, they have to change as well. And I already said that. They have to change as well, you know. Be open to creating new ones on on your path of, you know, taking care of yourself. I'm really big about that. I'm really, really big about that. Take care of yourself, you know? And here's another one I'm thinking about as I'm sitting here. Hold on to your faith. Find and find some kind of solace, stability, safe haven 
in your faith. Now, maybe I'm I'm talking to someone that doesn't haven't even thought about faith in that kind of context. You you you, you probably maybe don't have that kind of relationship with with with, with Christ with God and that. But no, you know. But but you know if especially if you follow a, any kind of religious path, religious tradition, find a place in faith. Yeah, wake up on that morning and go to church on that Thanksgiving and go to the early morning praise service, early morning worship service. Go. Yeah, before you get to the, go to the family. Yeah, if most churches they have worship worship a Thanksgiving worship service at nine o'clock in the morning. And they're done around about 10, 10.30, right? And just experience that. Exercise your faith. Tell God, I thank you for another day. You know, there, there are religious traditions that light candles, that, you know, have songs. They meet on Christmas to sing songs. Pick you up, you and your children, your family, and go out and be a part of that. Right. Something that elevates your faith. Yeah. Something that says, you know, there is something deep within me, something great down within me that says, hey, it's going to be okay. That 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 God is going to walk me through this. That he's not going to leave me comfortless. That I'm not going to be out here crying forever. That he's going to dry every tear when I cry and when I say dry it or wipe it, it doesn't mean that he's literally going to wipe it from your face. No, there's still flow. But but he'll give me inside of me a reason to continue living the life, the best life that I can. And the life that my deceased loved one would want me to live. I know for a fact, F-A-C-T, that my dad and my mom would not want me to be depressed and discouraged and defeated and sad and crying all the rest of my life. As as brilliant as I am and as much that they have put inside of me and fostered and, and trained me and all that kind of stuff, as beautiful of a family that I have, they would definitely not want me to to just disconnect from life because they're no longer here. They would never they would not want me to, you know, have my children in the room rooming about me, man. What's wrong with dad? What's X Y Z? X Y Z? Because I'm just, I'm just so missing them. That would, that no. One of the things that my aunt told me after my mom passed, she said, "Your mom would have never left you if she didn't believe that you and your brothers could take care of yourself and keep on with the family legacy, keep having life." Absolutely, every. Every time we would do something, go someplace, you know, and I would say, hey, mom, X, Y, Z. She was like, no, I don't want to go, but you go, you and Patrice, y'all go out and the children and y'all just live life to the fullest, live life to the fullest. And so now that she's not here, that's what I'm going to do. That's that. See, you got to, you have to listen. As long as, (laughs) is what she said, as long as God put life in body, you keep living, keep moving forward, keep finding reasons to smile. I don't know when my next re- my the date of my next record when it's going to be released. I know it's going to be in the first quarter, but but I'm going to have to find a way to continue to smile. Absolutely, because that's what she would want me to do. That's what I should do. Yeah, 
I, I know I won't get the text, but I knew how she felt. If she heard this one, she would love this one as well. If she heard this record, if my dad heard this record, he would love this one as well. So I already know. I knew how they felt about me, and I knew what they would want from my life. And so I'm not going to just sit there and cry because they can't hear this record. They can't hear this album. No, I'm going to know that no matter what I did, no matter what I produced, no matter what I sang, they were always in my corner. So it will be no different this time. What will be missing is their presence. What will be missing, yes, is that morning text. That's going to be missing. Absolutely. That is going to be missing. I understand that. But what I refuse to do, let me say this again. What I refuse to do is to allow myself to sit up in a place of depression and sit up in a place of grief so deep that I can't even honor their will and their request for me to keep on living. And those of you who are listening to me, you cannot do that. Get up and keep on living. Tears in your eyes, heart might be a little broken, still grieving, yeah, but keep living. Because that is going to be the key. That's going to be the key these holidays, that we find a way to keep living and enjoying life. Because that's what they would want us to do. Don't you think? That's what they would want us to do. That we would get up and, and experience family. That we would take care of ourselves. That we won't get sick crying over them being gone. Ah, no. At least my, my parents, absolutely not. They were vibrant, humorous, loved to have a good time, loved their family, and all those other kinds of things that they taught us to be, to stick together and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so then that's what we do. We honor their memory. And not only do we honor their memory, we build the future. We teach our children yeah, we cultivate our family around that space of always remembering how great they were. When we look at the Christmas trees, I got pictures with my mom and all of us who were in HBCU attire, and I got those pictures, and I look at them. Yeah, I've got certain things and certain th uh, having my phone that every now and then, especially around holidays, I just look at them and just remember the great times. Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing is wrong with that. It's a part of the process of learning how to navigate through the difficult moments of the holidays, even as you honor the memory of your loved ones. Do that. And I promise you, it'll lift your spirit. Yeah, definitely. It will lift your spirit. Listen, this is L. Spencer Smith right here on The Culture Call. Praise 93.3 FM. We're almost at the end of time, but I need you to keep it right here. Got a little bit more to go. Don't miss it. This is the world premiere. What an amazing show on today. And it is my prayer. That's right. My sincerest prayer that what we've discussed, yeah, making it through handling grief in the holiday season it is my prayer that it has helped you yeah i knew you've been a little quiet today and it's okay it's all good i want you to hear me i want you to understand that you are not by yourself because sometimes you know we can feel like when we go through certain things that we don't have people that know how to walk yeah 
And when when you don't when you don't uh, walk through it with us, and when you don't feel like you have that, you feel like you're stuck in a place. And and I can understand that. I, I definitely understand that. But I want to say this in our closing: that grief is a sneaky, sneaky <laughs> part of life. It's inevitable. Yeah, that to to it is a, it's a grief is there because you've loved. Grief is there because you love. That that love is still there. That people like, well, how can I stop grieving? Well, you got to stop loving. You got to stop loving mama. You got to stop loving daddy. You got to stop loving your spouse. You got to stop loving your child. If if you want those things to, if you want grief to really end. But if you've ever invested love and time and care in any person, then when they leave, you know, when they are deceased, then it's going to hurt. It's going to take you on a journey that you perhaps never thought that you would be on before. And it never ends. You learn how to live, but yeah, that grief is the place where their presence used to be because love is still there. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It, it, it don't, don't run away from it. Don't shun it. Don't act like it's not happening. Don't try to shout and praise over it. Don't try to run around it. No, no. None of those human, you know, histrionics, none of those theatrics, none of those exercises and futility is going to heal your heart. It's going to take an embrace every day to recognize that I've had this person in my life and they have been here and now they're gone. But that love is still there and that love sometimes hurts simply because I can't have their presence. Yeah, it's natural. I get it. It really is. And so the most important tip that I can give you out of all of the tips I've given you today is take care of yourself. It's a journey and you got to be strong to take it. So guess what? Take care of yourself day by day. And it does get better. It does get better. Grief is still there, but you smile through it. You learn how to carry it instead of it carrying you. Listen, this is the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93. It's time for me to go, and I hate it. But listen, I need you to have a great day, a wonderful day. Keep it locked right here on Praise 93.3 FM to hear the best in gospel music. Until tomorrow morning. I love you, a bushel and a peck and a hug around the neck. That's my grandma and my mama would say at the end of every phone call. And I need you to know that that is my sentiment as well. Y'all keep your head lifted. Be peaceful with someone. Do nice. Be nice to somebody. Take somebody out to eat and treat yourself kind. Have a great day. Love you much. Peace.